James Conner's gone now. That's official. He signed a one-year contract with who else? The Cardinals. Yesterday, no financial figures were available, but it's not going to be much. One year is one year. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers, and nobody's going to be surprised by anything related to the Connor news. (laughs) Least of all, Arizona being the destination, since that's where all Pittsburgh careers go to die. But I still feel like now that it's done, that it's completely done, it's fair to look back from 2018 to now as to what might really have gone wrong with Connor and whether or not, whether or not he could have a bounce back that would make the Steelers even semi-regret cutting ties with him. I really do. I, I, I think that it's possible. It's possible if, and boy, is this the big if always when it comes to Connor, he can stay on the field. But let's bear in mind that even upon the announcement of his contract, news was reported by the NFL Network that Connor had recently undergone surgery for a turf toe injury that he sustained while riding in a recreational vehicle. Only, only Connor gets hurt in free agency. Okay, I'm sorry. If that's low-hanging fruit, so be it. It's unbelievable the extreme to which he's been brittle throughout his career. But if he isn't, if he's healthy, if he's running hard, if he's running in an offense where I think we now all have a pretty good idea what kind of weapons Kyler Murray has out there in Glendale, the Cardinals can find a way to utilize him where they're minimizing Uh, his snaps, his contact, his time on recreational vehicles, he's actually still not a bad running back. Let's be honest here, because the way things work in, in, in following sports is we all have a tendency to remember the last thing we saw and not what we saw just before it. But if you go through the 2020 season, the first half of the season... When Connor was going, he was really going. When there were holes, he hit them and he made something happen. He didn't look like he was a problem, much less the problem. And then, once that whole awful span of Baltimore, Washington, and so forth, and the defenses all coming up to the line of scrimmage had gotten wise to the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is not throwing a ball longer than four yards downfield. Then everything caved in on Connor, and literally, you know, he had nowhere to go. The offensive line stopped blocking, I think more because it didn't want to, as opposed to that it couldn't, 
And there was nothing there. There was nothing there. The Steelers continued to try to find ways to get Connor involved. And none of that materialized either because, again, when you have 11 bodies all hanging around the line of scrimmage waiting for you, there's just not that much room to maneuver. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. That's LGKG. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. They've been doing that in our region for over 80 years. Learn more at lgkg.com. And now Connor is going to have a chance to miraculously become and stay healthy. Just theoretically, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe he's just got the, all the hidden vigorish going, that he's used up all of his injury allotment. Uh, he's all out of parentheses on the injury report. He could have a better year than whatever it is that the Steelers come up with here. I, I don't think that can be ruled out. I really don't. The Steelers, we don't know what they're going to end up with. We don't. We can hope, as I do, that Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, who I don't mention nearly often enough, will be there for them. We can hope that the Steelers like what they see. I tend to trust their view of running backs after the Eddie Lacy and Le'Veon Bell debate that for them was never a debate and they ended up being right. We'll see. But I also feel like when you're making a change and that change is toward a facet of your game that was absolutely rock bottom in the league, 32nd out of 32 teams, you can't get any lower unless you like relocate to London and fall off the statistical charts. You've got to try something different. You've got to have a belief that it'll be different. Because one of the things that we saw happen in 2020 was that the quarterback was the first to lose that faith in the running game. Early on in the season, yeah, he turned around. He got it to James. He, he, he ran on first down. He ran on third down. He ran on third and short. And when I say he, I'm referring to the RPOs that Ben's calling right at the line. Read pass options. Ben's told, you are standing there behind center. You look around. You figure which one of these two things you want to do. Ben was going for the run. And with some success, go back and look at the statistics from the first few games of the season. Ben was the one who lost that faith. Ben was the one who, no matter how much he said, oh, I believe in this, I believe in the running game, I believe in my guys, especially the offensive line. He, I mean, well, he'll go over the top with the O-line, even when the O-line is not doing well, which I really don't think it did last season. But don't listen to his words. Look at what he does. Ben went away from the running game. Ben, 
more than anybody in the Steelers organization, certainly way more than any of us, needs to be sold on the idea that the running game has a chance to be a factor. Not a time killer, not an option, but a factor in the offense. You tell me how that was going to happen with Connor here. You tell me how anyone with the Steelers, including Ben, was going to have faith that Connor was going to make it through a game. Most of his injuries, you'll remember, this is what would drive Tomlin and the coaches nuts. They'd happen during the game. You know, you can adjust if someone gets hurt in practice. You can, you know, set your roster up a certain way. You can prepare certain guys differently. Middle of the game, you're scrambling. No matter how much you mentally or even on paper prepare for it, you're scrambling. Ben needed to have a completely different look and feel to the running game. He still does. That problem is very obviously not solved. Ideally, the way this works, the Steelers get one of those running backs first round. And then within whatever offseason activities the Steelers and NFL teams end up having, this offensive line shows Ben something different. Of course his top priority is going to be on staying upright. Of course it is. But he's going to want to see something else. He's going to want to see some snarl. He's going to want to see some eagerness. And you, in turn, are going to want to see Ben react to these guys the way he did right away, right off the bat, with Zach Banner, with Chooksakorafor, and yes, in midseason, to Kevin Dotson. No one sees or knows better when an offensive line is doing the job and doing it with passion than the quarterback. Right out there on the field and then later on film. Ben needs to feel that from this new running back, whoever it happens to be, and from these offensive linemen. And then you're going to see Ben hand the ball off. I really believe that. The popular notion that Ben just doesn't want to run, doesn't want to run, does not dovetail with his history. And I'm talking about his complete history. Ben's very comfortable managing a running game in the NFL. He's done it. He's done it with a Hall of Famer. He's done it with another guy who was actually really, really good at it and might have been considered a Hall of Fame type had he stuck around and not lost his mind, meaning Lev, of course. That, to me, is why James Conner had to go. Even if, even if this were to somehow end up backfiring for a year, which it could if James stays on the field. I hope he does. I'm not one of those people who, when someone leaves Pittsburgh, uh, you know, wishes them ill or hopes that they don't do something because it'll show up the local team or whatever. If you can't pull for James Conner, man, <laughs> you know, that's one of the better storylines we've ever had around here in sports. When we come back, just one question. Hey! 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. It's time for just one question, and today's entry comes from Freddie, who responded to yesterday's show and in my dialogue about David DeCastro by asking me if maybe that subject, the discussion I had yesterday, shouldn't be getting more attention than it is. Well, I hope that it doesn't. This has always been one of my uh, fun things in this business to deal with, uh, especially in my beat writing days on baseball. I would break a story, break a news story that only I had. And it came from a source that I knew for a fact was only dealing with me because, you know, they told me that. So I had this information and I reported it. And almost invariably, one of the reactions would be, how come no one else is reporting this? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to say to that? I have no idea. I don't, I'm not in their heads. I'm not in their workplaces. I do know that they don't have this source that I do. So, why is it not getting more attention? I don't know. I can't say that. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I, I worry in this, in this line of work about dealing with you, Freddie, and the people that are listening to this show, watching our videos on DK Pittsburgh Sports, or reading my columns. And I just try to keep the the line of communication open right then and there. I share stuff that I hear with you. You have a way to get back to me just like you did with this question and that's the beginning and the end of that process. What happens anywhere else? Who echoes it? Who reports it? Who magnifies it? Who confirms it? Who denies it? This stuff just doesn't do anything for me. I know exactly who it came from. I know exactly how they know the information that I shared yesterday and I don't lose a wink of sleep over whether or not it's legit or whether or not anybody else has anything to say about it. Should it have the Steelers' attention that maybe DeCastro wasn't all in on the process from last year? My understanding, Freddie, not surprisingly, is that they're aware of this. It, it, it's come to their attention in more ways than one. They know about it, but Dave is still here. Dave is still on the roster. Dave is still being set to be paid. There have been no moves whatsoever toward doing anything at the right guard position. He has another year on his contract. There's been not the slightest hint that it won't be honored by either side. So I fully expect Dave to be back. What version of him will be back? No idea. No idea. Because I did not see 2020 coming. 
I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt in the early going because of the known injuries that he had. I shouldn't say injuries, plural. It was one, by all accounts, that happened to him early in the training camp that was conducted at Heinz Field and then kind of creeped back into the mix early in the regular season, causing him to have some additional time down. I'm not buying that it was something that held down his performance all season long. I'm just, I'm not. I'm not. I know what David DeCastro looks like when he's when he's ablaze, and, and that wasn't it. That wasn't it. So the only people that matter here, Fred, as far as paying attention to it, isn't me, you, other media outlets or whatever else. It's the Steelers. It's the Steelers. Because they could have themselves, if Dave shows up, ready for bear, an offensive line that can do a lot of different things and would have that one veteran anchor. And I don't mean to slight B.J. Finney. Finney's been around, but he's going to be full-time starter at a new position if they do, in fact, end up using him at center, and it's not the same dynamic. The rest of these guys, Banner, Okorafor, Dotson, are kids. Are kids. The Steelers would benefit from an invigorated Dave, whatever it takes to bring that about. But if it isn't there, if it's got to be coaxed, we'll see. We'll see. I really, really, really don't like saying anything negative about Dave. This is just uh, this is a really, really good guy who had a really, really strange year. And I'm perfectly willing and even happy to give him a super-sized mulligan on it and see how he does in 2021. Thanks for the question, Fred. It's really good stuff. And thanks to everybody for listening to this show. We'll do another Daily Shot of Steelers tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.